From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Hello, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Poo. And I'm Damian Sassauer. Oh my, look who we have. We have a two-time national college football champion, a Heisman Trophy winner, first-round NFL draft pick, ESPN contributor, former professional baseball player. Oh my goodness gracious. It is Tim Tebow. Mr. Tebow, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, and uh, thank you for the such a nice welcome. I, I really appreciate it. I'll have to pay you later. You know what? We forgot <laughs> to mention that he's a New York Times bestselling author, too, Michael Barr. That's right. I was, I was, I was going to get into that. It was like, you are it's, yeah. it, a, a mission possible. Oh, you guys are way too kind. Mission, mission impossible. He was also a former member of the New York Jets. Oh, gee, man. Why <laughs> wow, too oh, soon. Wow, man. Man, we hey, just Tim, met him. I'm a struggling Jet fan. I'm allowed to say that. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> you know, Tim, that dude at the party, man, that's like eating up all the food. That's Damien. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That's what Grace is for, Damien. So. <laughs> Before we start with the book, I want to start, first of all, with something that you are into right now, a business venture. Uh, multi-billion dollar wellness industry uh, called Restore. Can you tell us about that? Uh, well, I don't think it's to that level. I know the industry is a really big industry, but <laughs> Restore is uh, is an awesome company that I'm fortunate to be uh, an investor um, and um, spokesperson for me and my wife, which we love being able to do things together. And it's also really cool because um, we were actually clients um, before we even got to know the, the family of Restore. Um, actually met uh, the first time, well, actually heard about it the first time through um, um, another Heisman Trophy winner Eddie George when we mm. had finished up filming a commercial in Nashville um, with Nissan we uh, he was like man I'm so tired I gotta go get um, you know refreshed and revived and I was like oh yeah where are you going and he told me about this place called Restore and I went with him and um, and that was kind of the introduction and I said man this is awesome and so uh, months down the road we um, became friends and started talking and just um, loved um, for one of the first times getting to be um, kind of ahead of the game, right? So many times in this um, this health industry, we're reactive, mm. not proactive, right. right? And why when we invest in so many things and so many companies and so many um, different portfolios, but yet so many times we forget to invest in ourselves, in our health. And this is one area that you really can invest in yourself and in your health and it can make a massive difference. I find it really interesting that you're a customer first before you became an investor. I know that you probably are someone who gets pitched a lot of things. Was wellness an industry that you were targeting, that you were looking to get into? For so long. 
Um, it's, it's something I've been passionate for a long time. I haven't had a soft drink since I was 15 years old. Um, since you were 15? I've done a, yes wow. ma'am, I've done a lot of different um, diets. I've, um, um, someone that really believes in it. I just, I, you know, I think all of the, the blessings that we have are, are, mean so much and I don't want to take them for granted and health and time being one of them. Um, and I, I just want to be able to enjoy and, and pursue what I'm passionate about, what I'm called to um, with so much energy and, um, and, and real passion because I just think the fuel that we give ourselves either gives life or it's going to slow us down. Hmm. And um, that has to do with how we sleep, with the food, with supplementation, with um, um, with hyper wellness, things like Restore. It's just, I'm so passionate about it because it just has the ability to, um, you know, I love the slogan, Restore, do more. That we can do more of what we love, what we're called to, what we're passionate about. Um, and, you know, in so many, when there, we can get caught up in so many things in, in so many busy places, I think we have to take the time to stop and invest in our own bodies so that we can and continue to do what we're called to and what we love to. Tim, tell us a little bit about Restore. You know, I know they're opening up a facility up here in Westchester County, New York. You know, I'm pretty involved there. I actually know some people who are invested in it. Talk to us about cryo. Talk to us about red light. Talk to us about some of the services. How do they work? What do they do? I mean, why should we be interested? Yeah, I love all of it. There's two open here in New York and two more that are um, soon to be open. And um, honestly, I use all of the the different options that Restore brings to the table from the infrared sauna to um, IV drip uh, to cryo. I was at one location here in New York last night and did cryo and got an IV. And then I got an IV there today and uh, do the compression therapy, do the uh, red light therapy, um, you know, all of the different options. And it's something that uh, my wife uses and she has her favorites and I have mine. And um, it's something that, um, you know, she just uh, one perfect example of how it impacts our life. A couple weeks ago, she was in Italy doing some ministry there and she flew back and only had a couple of days. And then um, she had to fly to Romania to to do some ministry there. And um, and, and so she's around a lot of people that, um, you know, have some some different um health issues as well. And so she wasn't necessarily feeling good. And so, uh, you know, beforehand in the middle and afterwards, you know, we're all three stops at Restore to also keep her going, you know, for what she loves to do and, mm-hmm. and making an impact. You and Scarlett hit the nail on the head. I mean, you are on the New York Times bestsellers list for four books that you have written. And the latest one is Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts. Tell us about that book uh, and, and what led you to give you the inspiration to write this book. Oh, well, thank, thanks so much for asking. I um, wrote Mission Possible because I, I believe that, you know, we all have a mission and it's possible, you know. Possible literally just means to be able. And I want to encourage people in the, the purposes and the passions that they ha- have to go after it, to be able to run after those things. I think it's so easy for us to get caught up sometimes in, in things that don't really matter. And we get thrown at those things all 
the time. And so to encourage people to live by their convictions over their emotions, to encourage people in a time where um, it's easy to get discouraged and to feel beaten down and with a lot of negativity. And so to also write something that is encouraging, um, that is, is something that can can help people um, want to get out of bed in the morning and go pursue their, their purpose, their passion, their meaning, um, their whys. And um, that was really it. Because you know what? I, I know what it feels like to sometimes get knocked down. and But I know so many people have gone through so many hard times in life. And to write something that could be encouraging and uplifting and uh, and maybe even inspirational. You know, inspire means to fill someone with the urge to do something. And, and I so wanted to write that to encourage people, but also inspire them, fill them with the urge to run after um, what they believe in, to run after what they love to do and, and be so passionate about it in the meantime. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. You know, one thing I think about is how young college athletes now have that opportunity to pursue what they're passionate about while playing college sports mm-hmm. because of name, image, and likeness, which has been a game changer for them. What do you think this would have meant for you if NIL had been around when you were a college player? Well, it would have definitely been very different, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think it is a very... Um, you, I love that they have the opportunity, um, young men and young women, to be able to... Um, have that support while they're playing, but I also think it's 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 hard um, to be able to um, maneuver through all of it, right? And, and so it's just really encouraging um, them in building their brand that it's not just about one deal; mm. it's about setting yourself up for the next twenty, thirty, forty years. And I think that's it's it's something that I'm really passionate about. And even you know, part of a company that has you know um, tried to help um, some of these young athletes in, in building their brands for the the long run. And so while it's so exciting to have the, that first deal, and I remember. The their first opportunities. I remember the the first letter I got from a college. It was a, the first day I was allowed. I got two letters, one from Louisville and one from Ohio State. And I literally went home and I was like telling my dad, Tim Tebow, the Ohio State University, right? You're so excited, right? And, and so for so many of these young athletes, like I, I know they're so excited and that's awesome. And you want them to have that joy and that excitement. But I think it's really also very important that we also encourage them and, and put um, great representation and support and mentors around them to look at building their brand for a long time because it's not just about the, the the moment. Yes, they can capitalize it, but they can make that moment last for a mm-hmm. lot longer because their fan bases, especially with you know college sports, those are fan bases that are there for a long time. They still want to celebrate the the plays and the moments that that these amazing athletes gave them years down the line. And you know I'm that fan. I was that fan in Florida that was so excited. I remember the first time I got to meet some of my heroes like Danny Werfel. Right, he came 
to my church when I was a little boy, and I was like the 103rd kid in line that was waiting to get his autograph, and he signed the church bulletin, and we still have that, and my parents home to this day. And so I just know the the impact that a college athlete can have with their fans and how their fans can feel connected, and that just doesn't have to be for one year, two years, or four years. It can be for a long time, and, and just encouraging them that way. You know, I followed your career super closely, obviously the Broncos, the Jets, through to the Mets, you know, and... And look, if, if I think I followed your career closely, certainly a lot of young women followed your personal life with tremendous interest. Now, you mentioned your wife, Demi, right? I mean, a proper South African springbok mate. Well done. <laughs> how has married life changed you? How? I mean, have you learned how to bry yet? I mean, you've been married. I love, let's years go. Now. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Bry? What, what's that? You, what, what is that? I love it. It's Demi, the South African version of barbecue, except I, I'm, I hope I'm not offending anyone. I just think it is so much better. I Ooh. think South Africa has some of the best food in the world. Been fortunate to travel to many countries around the world, and it is unbelievable. And if you guys have ever been to a proper braai, it will, it's it's incredible. I, it's not slow. It is definitely for a long time. They'll braai for like four, five, six hours, and it's just. Uh, you constantly keep eating through the whole thing, and the meat is so fresh, and it's delicious, and it's incredible. And I also got to throw out there that bultong and durovorsh is not terrible either. So it's <laughs> South African food is off the charts, and I, I got to be honest uh, that um, not only did I drastically, drastically um, outkick my coverage and marry up, but it's also been fun to learn from her and some of the amazing South African traditions and her family is so awesome. And so to be able to learn all of that has been pretty awesome. But I do got to say one of the tricks that her dad played on me when I was there um, asking um, if if they, I could have their blessing and, and proposing to Demi is he, he did trick me by... He tricked um, you. He tricked me by... Um, giving me a bull's tongue and I was eating it and I was like man this is tastes weird you know and I was like it's 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 also like you're like the the taste buds although you're like not sure you're like what type of meat is this and he, he was crying laughing so hard and then they told me and I was like man I was literally like that was the taste buds it was pretty nasty so <laughs> By the way, up for a bull's tongue alongside the ivy drip. <laughs> <laughs> if you get a chance, folks, check out the Tim Tebow Foundation because that's something that is really cool that uh, Tim Tebow is connected with. Tim Tebow, you are so kind to talk with us and just give us your knowledge. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Sir. Thank you guys for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Blessings to you all, and uh, thank you for the time. Thank you for stopping by. It was Absolutely. fantastic to talk to you. Same here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tim. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Fu and Damian Sassauer. By the way, you can catch these podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and download them wherever you get your podcast. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, 
top researcher, Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.